1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. All thanks to McDonald's Makers together and loving it. TNCs apply. Uh, the last time New Zealand won a Test match in India was 1988 in Mumbai, and that's where they are this weekend. Our next guest took 10 wickets in the match, a total of 431. Which uh, at the time was a world record, and is still the most Test wickets taken by a New Zealander. He, of course, uh, is Sir Richard Hadley. Good morning to you, Sir.
0: Morning, Smithy. How are you going?
1: I'm good. More importantly, how are you? Uh, how's the health, and uh, what are you up to?
0: Oh, doing okay. Um, playing a lot of golf three times a week. In fact, after this phone call, going to head south down to Terrace Downs to have a bit of a game down there. But apparently. It's going to be very windy, so it's going to make it more challenging than playing cricket.
1: No, well, you'll just have to hit down one like you usually did, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but some holes are always into it or across it. That's the
1: way it is in golf. That is the way it is in golf. Hey, let's just uh, pop back to 1988, that uh, test uh, match uh, victory in Mumbai, where you played, as always, a a massive part, Matt. Uh, It's very, very tough to win over there.
0: Well, we know that, and I think you've uh, outlined that, that fact that uh, 88 was the last time we won there. I think we've only won twice in India. I stand corrected on that. Uh, it's just so difficult coming to terms with the conditions, uh, generally the heat and humidity. In fact, when we toured there, it was a lot earlier than, um, uh, than the team doing it now in, in December. Uh, but the heat, humidity, and as you know, the sickness problems that you can have... Uh, and problems with food, trying to get on the field to play when you're not right and uh, playing against very good Indian sides and uh, of course the massive crowds that are absolutely fanatical and uh, always against you but they also applaud good cricket I must point out and uh, it was a great challenge but that win in 88 was a, a superb victory in Moncady Stadium uh, will hold special many, uh, memories for all of us.
1: Yeah uh, it certainly will and uh... Uh, your, your rivalry uh, you know, with your great mate um, Kapil Dev, of course. Uh, uh, that was one of the highlights of that test match.
0: Uh, Well, playing always against Capel. I mean, he chased down my target and beat me at the end of the day, got to 4.34. Mind you, they had to push him in a wheelchair to get past me. He (laughs) sort of slowed down quite a bit at the end. But uh, Capel and I had some very good contests and battles throughout our career and uh, clearly I rate him as a a magnificent all-rounder along with Imran, of course, and Ian Botham. That, That was an incredible era actually, um, the 70s and 80s, more so the 80s perhaps. But, um, you know, they brought the best out of us. And, uh, yeah, so uh, it was, it
1: was uh, good to recall that. Just talking a little bit about uh, Tom Southies this morning and talking about uh, longevity, I, I just it just dawned on me that it was 31, just over 31 years ago you knocked over Devon Malcolm at Edgebaston and said goodbye at the age of 39. 31 years ago, sir.
0: Yeah, 39 is a bit old for a fast bowler or medium pace bowler by the time I finished my career. Yeah, yeah, I had 18 years in the game. And, you know, I know you've been talking about him and uh, he's performed magnificently. He's just getting better and better. I was part of the selection panel picked chairman and selectors actually when uh, that 19-year-old got picked for his first test. Uh, and he played that at McLean Park Napier, got five wickets. Uh, I think he smashed 60 or 70 runs. But I think in the last two or three years, he's he just gone to a new level. I think he's just found himself. Uh, he's in the groove, total control of his game, swinging the ball magnificently and just watching him and analysing him, using the crease uh, superbly. And uh, he's challenging batsmen all, all over the world in and, and, and all sorts of conditions at the moment. So uh, full marks to him. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays another 20, 25 test matches that he could go uh, beyond my world record, and that would be a phenomenal achievement because I know what it takes to bowl the amount of balls, to stay fit, play the games, uh, and get wickets and be part of a very good bowling line-up uh, because you're actually sharing wickets you know, with Bolte or Wags or uh, Cole Jameson. So sometimes you get your bag, sometimes you get two or three and somebody else is doing exactly the same thing. So sharing the wickets uh, uh, can can make it a little more difficult for you to get the, the right number of wickets to chase down um, uh, the goal at the end.
1: So you mentioned uh, you've mentioned Southie, we mentioned Bolt, James, uh, Jameson, Wagner. Uh, Throwing Ferguson, um, Milne, uh, Bracewell... Um, you know, these, these bowlers, that are, they just continue to, to seem to want to front up these days. Have we been stronger overall in, in your point of view? Is
0: it the
1: team you're talking about or fast bowling? Well, I, well the fast bowling stocks, I guess.
0: I think that the choices we have are, um, are far greater now than what they've ever been and the point is you've got genuine pace when you look at Ferguson and Milne who are more sort of one day specialists. I think if you look at the test line-up, that combination with Tim and his right-arm swing, you've got Bolte with his left-arm swing, you've got Wags who will run all day uh, and bounce the ball and intimidate the batsman. I mean, these guys are 200, 300-plus wickets. It's magnificent. Now you've got Kyle Jamieson who's just burst onto the scene, and what a phenomenal start he's had. And his greatest asset, of course, is is his height. I mean, he's a big, big man in delivering the ball from such a height that he is challenging batsmen in a far different way than all the other bowlers. And he swings it, swings it both ways. So he's a magnificent asset, and we've really got to look after him because if we keep playing him, say, in all formats of the game, there's such a thing as burnout. There's going to be injuries, there'll be Mm. niggles and that sort of thing. So I think uh, he's got to be managed very, very well. But we're getting the best value out out of him in the Test match game at the moment, and it's pretty challenging, particularly overseas play all our quicks at one time you, you wouldn't as in India or uh, uh, the subcontinent but in New Zealand we can play all four at one time and we're going to knock sides over and the team's done that over the last uh, couple of seasons. Uh, I think this team in general, if I could just move on to that, uh, is our greatest ever and I say that when you look at uh, uh, individual batting and bowling ratings, we've got guys there in the top 2, 3, top 10 uh, in world cricket Um, if you look at averages and strike weights and uh, wicket tallies, uh, they're far better than, say, us generally of the 70s and 80s and then when you look at the batsmen, you've got guys averaging, you know, 40, 45 and Kane in the 50s I mean, when you look at the the experience and the runs the stats tell a story and uh, the team of the 70s and 80s can't match those stats and those ratings so we've got to Uh, acknowledge that this team have been absolutely superb, particularly in the last two or three years. I guess the only nemesis that this team would be uh, conscious about and I think you know exactly what I'm going to say Smithy, they haven't won in India yet and they haven't beaten Australia uh, we haven't beaten them for, for many, many years And certainly not in Australia for a long, long time So I think they've got to knock those two teams off Those two challenges, both in India and Australia Whether it be in New Zealand or in, in Australia uh, To be, you know, go down in our history as, as the greatest ever, if not already
1: It's interesting you say that Because uh, I, for one, was just a little bit Oh, I, I will say a little bit critical that they perhaps were a little bit more positive, uh, you talk about having the opportunity to win in India, I, I thought uh, there were stages on that fifth day where we had that uh, genuine opportunity there um, and uh, I, I'm not quite sure we were ever going to try but um, what did you make of, of that first test performance all round by uh, by our side?
0: Well I thought we had a good couple of chances I thought it was a good effort to restrict India to the well, three fifty something like that, and after our opening stand, we should have got certainly that amount of runs, if not a few more uh, to lead on the first inning so we didn't we didn't manage that. We actually conceded forty or fifty runs and then when we had India fifty for five effectively a hundred runs ahead. We should have been chasing 150, uh, particularly on that track. Was, that was a bit up and down, quite difficult to bat on, really. Mm. Um, but again, we didn't take advantage of that, and then we were left to score 280-odd, and uh, we, we were well short. Uh, but we hung in there, and they hung tough. But we were only one ball away from losing that match. And full marks to uh, Ajaz and Rutan to bat 50-odd balls for the last um, uh, session of, of, of play to, to survive. We've got to give them full credit for that. Interesting, actually, um, Smithy, you won't be aware of this, but in 1976, we played at Kampua, Uh and it was the same ground, Green Park, and it was quite a similar game in the amount of runs scored and... Um, so we had to chase down 380, actually, to, to win the match. And we finished uh, seven for 190-odd. But it was bad light that actually saved us, as it was uh, uh, in this last game. So, uh, you know, had we battered an extra two, three overs, or the next ball, who knows what would have happened. So there's a tight line uh, between drawing that game and losing it which means it's a tight line between being a hero or severely criticised.
1: <laughs> That's the nature yeah. of cricket. That yeah, is the nature of cricket. Uh, I've read a report uh, where Gary Stead has said they're going to go from uh, basically dark clay in the, the last pitch in Kampur to red, uh, a red surface uh, in Mumbai. Now, a red surface takes me back to uh, Bangalore, of course, um, where you uh, you achieved that goal that you you so desperately uh, were searching for uh, seems a long time ago, but um, I remember it pretty well. What, what about yourself?
0: Oh, my Bangalore, the world record in talking about
1: yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah
0: yeah yeah right right yeah well yeah, I' was on three seventy three test wickets, which is the same as Ian Daup, and uh, I'd had about six months to ponder uh, going to bangalore to uh, to get the next wicket to become the world record holder, and uh, the whole team wanted it to happen and it happened very, very quickly and as you do, you lose the toss, so you're going to bowl first, and probably for a long, long time. And I think I bowled a no-ball in the first over. My rhythm wasn't quite right, and I bowled a couple of overs. I remember you actually coming up to me and saying, Paddles, look, you've got to pitch the ball up a little bit. You're about a metre too short. Give the ball a chance to swing. And I think it was first, second ball of the third over that that's when Aaron Lowell nicked one and got caught by uh, Chris Kugelan in the gully. So you gave me some guidance, some advice, for which I'm very, very grateful. The magical moment <laughs> happened, of course, and then we could all get on with the game and relax a little bit more. But, no, that was a, a wonderful... Um, 12th of November, 1988, Bangalore, if I recall correctly. So, does that ring a bell?
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. And, uh, believe it or not, it, that milestone has uh, just passed And What a test match uh, that was um, in the end because uh, that was the one I I recall where we had to find people out of the grandstand to come and field for us. Um, It was debilitating at times. I mean, it went from an incredible high from your point of view to a situation where you could hardly walk off the field.
0: Yeah, well, I remember uh, we were in some difficulty trying to avoid the follow-on and I was back in, uh, in the hotel and had to get out of uh, bed and get to the ground to go out and bat. I think Charlie Chapfield batted ahead of me. And, uh, you know, I think we were about sort of four or five runs short when I went out to bat and Charlie was at the other end. And. When I was walking out the bat, I was walking almost in the wrong direction. And I remember remember couple Dev coming out over to me and saying, look, the the wicket's over here. (laughs) uh, But he ended up bowling to me. And I managed to smash one uh, in the air over Gully for four. So we avoided the follow-on, which was good. Um, But uh, we ended up uh, losing that game and then won it... um, at Bombay, as it was, Mumbai today, and then lost the next one, I think it was Hyderabad, wasn't it? So, yeah,
1: happy memories and some sad memories on that tour. Yeah, no, it was actually a a tour of extremes, uh, and one of those ones that you're absolutely thrilled to look back on and say, um, I was part of it, I can promise you that. Now, uh, today, uh, you've got a a sports centre um, on the go, how's that progressing?
0: It's progressing well, Snadhi, as you know, Hagley uh, Oval is a beautiful cricket ground, probably uh, one of the best, if not the best, international cricket ground in the country. These boutique-style cricket grounds are uh, uh, are the way to go now, uh, with the embankments and sort of the relaxed atmospheres. Um, beautiful pavilion. Uh, we've got the lights now. The only missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle uh, at the Hagley Oval precinct, uh, as we call it, uh, is the sports centre, an indoor sports centre which uh, Stephen Bock and myself are heavily involved in. Uh, Bocky and Heather secured the uh, site of the old Horticultural Society building uh, right behind the Hadley Pavilion uh, and he had this vision of turning it into a uh, you know high-class indoor sports centre uh, and he came to me and said, look, this is my vision. I said, I want to be part of it. Uh, and so my sports trust uh, donated $800,000 towards the refurbishment of the uh, the old facility. Um, and so what we did is actually pull the, pull the current site down or the old site down. And now we're building a fresh purpose-built facility. It's a community project as far as Bocky and I are concerned. And yes, whilst it's an indoor cricket centre, it's multi-purpose. You can have other sports um, playing in that. We want boys and girls and schools and clubs, professional, amateur sports people to use this facility. Uh, it's ideally located, um, as I say, at Hagley Oval. And we're currently fundraising at the moment. We're about $1.6 uh, short at the moment, uh, and the project's worth about just under $5 million. So we're actually getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening day will be the 21st of February, which coincides... Uh, with the Women's World Cup Trophy Tour, which I think starts in the, at Hagley and then does its um, tripping around. Uh, and it might be, I think it's the last day of the South African Test match as well, so it's all happening round about that time. Uh, at the moment, I say like five indoor lanes. It's got a mezzanine floor, a balcony for uh, people, the parents to view uh, their kids playing, office space for canopy cricket and metro cricket, uh, unisex, uh, two unisex changing rooms, It's going to be absolutely superb, and uh, uh, we're still looking for funding. If I can just throw out uh, something there, Smithy, just go to hagleyo.co.nz, just scroll down to the Sir Richard Adley Sports Centre, and there's a donate page there, and anyone that would like to be part uh, of that and support those that have already supported the project, we would certainly welcome uh, uh, any support at all. If I can just throw something else in there, Smithy, we had a very generous donation from Sir Stephen Tyndall a private donation of $500,000 towards the sports centre, uh, which really has kicked, uh, kicked things along for us. And we're forever grateful. And if there are other people that can make significant uh, contributions, it uh, allows us to complete the project. And so the kids, the next generation of, uh, of sports people, uh, will have a facility to use to grow their love of sport enhance their skills. So it's a win-win-win for, for everybody.
1: So Richard, uh, sounds fantastic, sounds an absolutely fantastic uh, project um, and uh, I look forward to, uh, to, to seeing it next time I'm, I'm down there. Uh, it sounds uh, like you and Boki are doing some wonderful stuff. So hey, hey, thanks very much for your time this morning. Um, uh, play well today, hope you enjoy um, Terrace Downs and, and, the, and the breeze down there and, and thanks so much for your memories and your insight and, um, and your reflection on, on the current crop, it, it's been great. Thanks for your time mate.
0: Okay, so when you come down, uh, put the pads on and I'll
1: bowl the first ball to you in the next on opening day. eh? Uh, That sounds good. What about if I just stand behind and see if I can get it past the stumps?
0: Uh, (laughs) Will I get it past you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there there you go. Okay, mate. Good on you. We'll catch you later. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye.